Good evening to you. Turn to the book of Matthew. For the first time in three months, the book that I'm telling you to turn to is one that you probably know where it is in the Bible. So long to the table of contents, right? I don't know. Okay, which one is that? Book of Matthew. Because... We'll start the new year with a new book, a new testament, whatever word you want to use right there. We spent 39 weeks, 39 lessons that dealt with the Old Testament. Hopefully you've enjoyed them. Hopefully you've learned a little something, gained a little something from it. I've had um, a lot of people tell me after every one of these Wednesday nights, we've never talked, I've never studied this or read this or ever looked at this book or anything so glad that uh glad that you've enjoyed it and hopefully learned a little something from it i uh, decided not to give you a test i thought that would be a little bit rough to make you have to take the old testament test uh, a friend of mine took uh, old testament religion at uh, western kentucky university and he said it was hard in the class and he said it was hard on the tests And he said it was hard on the final. He said it was pretty much terrible from the first day to the last day. He said it was just so tough. Because he said, what you think you know about the Old Testament is this. And what the Old Testament really is, is this. And I think we've seen that over the last little bit. A lot of stuff that you have never seen or heard or known of. And I don't fault you. You're the same boat as I am. Stuff that we're just not that familiar with. Part of the reason is, is that we don't really have a tremendous need to be totally familiar with all of that. Because we talk a lot about how Jesus was this Messiah, this Savior, who came to fulfill the old law. And so the old law, the Old Testament being, as the Bible says, a schoolmaster, but being something that can guide us to Christ. Well, once Christ has come, then... That stuff is not as important. It's important in a religious sense and an understanding sense, and I think that we address that and try to work with that. But our focus is quite often on the New Testament. We describe ourselves as being New Testament Christians, right? Well, what does that mean? Well, in the last 39 books, this Old Testament stuff, you notice a lot of the lessons that I've taught at the end, I've tried to say, how does this apply to a Christian? Because a valid response for you would be, there's nothing in the book of Zephaniah about Christianity. You'd be right. There's not. It's not about, you know, Christianity as a faith that people would live today. But we try to look for teaching. We try to look for examples. We can learn from any faith. We can learn from any religion. And we can learn from the Old Testament. But what we're going to get into starting tonight is stuff that you are quite familiar with. In fact, tonight we're going to be talking about the birth of Jesus. Raise your hand if you feel like you know something about it. All right, good. And Anna, I'm worried. You don't. And Anna didn't raise her hand. She said, she said that's, that's why we're paying you, maybe you to come in and do this. I come in here not knowing nothing. You do the work. I'm just kidding. But I feel like that we will. But we're in the book of Matthew. And because we're talking about the birth of, birth of Christ, We'll be in Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2 tonight. Next week, when we talk about Mark, if things go the way I hope that they'll go, we're going to talk more about the life of Jesus and really more Jesus' teachings, I guess would be a better way 
to describe it. Then we'll talk about death and resurrection. Matthew is the first of four books that are called the what? Four Gospels. The old English word Godspell, G-O-D-S-P-E-L-L, meaning roughly good news. Okay, that term that is used. What is this good news that is presented in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus, the Savior. What did you do? Okay. So we got all of this makes up the good news. But it's really important for us to know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, while telling a roughly similar story, do not tell the exact same story. In fact, you could read all four of them tonight and you would notice sizable differences. We've talked about this before, but if we pull out of here tonight and there's a wreck that happens right out here at the end of the street, four people who saw it will have seen four different things. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, I believe the word is synoptic. The word that would be used to describe them. More of a this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. John is a little bit more, I guess narrative is not the right word, but it's more of a storytelling rather than a maybe newspaper account that you would get from the others. There may be a reason for that. But Matthew is where we're going to start tonight. Okay? Matthew chapter 1. Matthew is the first book of the Bible. This number has changed. We just went through 39, and now we're here. I want you to look here. Covering this time period. We talked about this a few weeks ago. The notion, the idea A.D. meaning the year of the Lord. But it's pretty much been proven that Jesus wasn't born in the year zero or one or however you want to describe that. Those dates were added later. So Jesus would have been born-ish 4 to 6 B.C. Somewhere around there. I don't want you to get caught up in that because the numbers are still fairly close. If you told somebody today that Jesus was born about 2,022 years ago, you'd be right. If you said he was born about 2,030 years ago, you'd be right. Somewhere in that ballpark. The year that we live is roughly the year that Jesus was born. But we can't make that 100% certain. This is the first gospel of the New Testament. You've got all of this stuff uh, right there. Now, Gospel of Matthew. That should say good news. I I didn't make that. I just copied that. Now I feel really bad. No, it's just a picture. Well, let's just go home. I've just (laughs) ruined everything right here. (laughs) If you look in the book of Matthew, though, if you look at chapter 1, starting with verse 1 and going down through verse 16, you'll see the genealogy of Jesus. Now, we could read that, but I decided not to for us not to read that because it gets to be some complicated names. But what I would like for you to do, if you can see it up here, that's fine. But if you want to look through Matthew chapter one, I want you to take a second, either look here or look through your own Bible. Are there any names that you recognize? Yell out something if if it's a name that you recognize. Rehoboam. Solomon. Okay. Rahab. <laughs> well, now, again, you've got in your Bible, too, for chapter, chapter 1. Boaz. <laughs> so, there's lots of, any names out there that are like, eh, 
mean, I guess you probably read them in the Bible. I don't mean that. You're like, I don't know that person. That's the head. After Noah. Where? Over the second cup, right there. Or faxing? Okay. The, the king. We, we had a lesson with him that was included in it. Yeah. <laughs> Any others? Well, we know she only knows from Noah. Yeah. I'm sure. Of course, Isaac and Judah. So, there's, obviously, this is just for fun. I, I'm not asking you to be able to give me biographies of Adam. But if we started Adam, we trace our way through Noah. These are the couple of them are blown up. Significant people that you definitely would have known. Noah, uh, of course, Abraham. Uh, here as well. And then you get to David. And then notice here that it splits. And if you look in the genealogies, there's two genealogies. There's a Matthew genealogy and a Luke genealogy. And they diverge. Right? They split. There's a little bit different. But this talks about through the line of Joseph. And you trace all these. Who is Joseph in Jesus' life? His earthly father. This is through the line of Mary. Who is Mary in this? His mother. And there's some names here that should ring a bell with all. And then it gets here to Jesus where they sort of link together. So, this genealogy of Jesus. If you were a Jewish person, what would you learn by looking at this list of names? Not a Christian, but a Jewish person, what would you learn from looking at this list? Well, they took great pride in being able to trace their people back as far as they could go. Okay. That was a major thing. That you were of the lineage of David and all. And to have that, at least one knew who he was from. You would know, too, that Jesus was of the kingly tribe, the uh-huh. tribe of Judah. He was, he, his grandfather, if you go back far enough, was a king. What else would you maybe learn? Judaism, through the Old Testament, had promoted the potential return of Messiah. One of the driving conflicts of the early church was whether or not Jesus truly was, had truly been the Messiah. We've talked about this, I feel like I've said this a million times, but the early Christians were in many cases Jews. They were Jewish people. The Jewish faith had, or Christianity had emerged from the Jewish faith. And a lot of those Jewish people were prepared to hear what Jesus taught, but especially later what Peter, uh, James, and John, Paul, what those people had taught. But a lot of people did not. And so that's where that branch comes in, is this thinking is Jesus is not of the lineage of David. That's the, the, the people that he was not the Messiah. But at least by looking at the genealogy, had you been Jewish, you could have looked at this and said, well, it does trace all the way back. My grandfather was Jesse Hopkins. A lot of you knew him, but some of you may not. My great-grandfather was Yule Hopkins. I did not know him. He died in 1965. That 1965. That was 16 years before I was born. I don't know him. I, have, I mean, I've seen a picture, I guess, but I don't know. If he walked in here, I wouldn't know him. But I can trace the genealogy back and say, okay, well, I know who my dad is, and I knew my dad's dad, but I did not know my dad's dad's dad. But that genealogy can trace it back. If you follow this line all the way back, somebody who was a Jew at the time of Jesus 
would have had no clue who Eber was, but he's a name on the list. How many of you have ever looked at lists of your ancestors? And it goes all the way back, and you're like, well, that's a weird name, or that's an odd name. You don't know who they are, but they're on the list, right? That's my great, 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 great grandma's niece. You know, something like that. They're on that list. Well, that's what we have right here. So, if you want to go through that and read that, you're welcome to. That's Matthew chapter 1. But I want to jump ahead just a little bit. So, what we have tonight are five sections about Jesus' birth and then a couple of things from when Jesus was really little. But at no point tonight are we going to see Jesus as anything resembling an adult. Okay, This is a small child Jesus situation. There are five readings. Again, they all come from Matthew chapter 1 or Matthew chapter 2. The first one here, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Connie, do you care to read that? And again, if you want to read it from your Bible, it might be easier. Now, I have a couple of questions that I'm going to ask about in there, but put a, put a hand there or a marker there. Turn over to John chapter 1. And put a left hand on Matthew chapter 1 and a right hand on John chapter 1. When I say that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are written in a different style than John, here's an example. Connie, in a sense, started her reading as like a news report. She said, now the birth of Jesus was as follows. If you turned your television on tonight and they're reporting from some event that happened somewhere, they're going to give you, this is what happened. And then this happened, this happened. They're reporting that. How does the book of John start? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning, he capitalized, with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the, and the, life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That is very different from what Connie just read. Connie just gave you a sort of blow by blow. This happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. What's the difference with what John writes? He baptizes all that and just goes, he just says Jesus was from the 
beginning of eternity. Yes. That's what he said. And Matthew is writing as a Jew to Jews yes. about a Jew. Yes. Which was important to get them people right. This Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I just wanted you to see that starting point there. Because when we say, well, those are the four Gospels, it shows that there's a big difference in the approach that was taken right there. So let's go back then to what Connie just read. Now, Connie, I appreciate you reading that for us. A couple of questions. When, why did Joseph want to put Mary away secretly? By the way, no hard questions tonight. All those times y'all been struggling through Obadiah and Zechariah and all them hard questions. Tonight's the easy questions. Why did Joseph want to put Mary away? He didn't want her to look bad. Okay, Joseph and Mary, it says they're betrothed, I believe. What does that word mean? Right? What do we call that today? Engaged, Engaged right? Engagements. How long do engagements last? <laughs> Depends on how long, you know, right? Sometimes engagements don't last very long at all, right? Sometimes engagements involve shotguns. That's something totally different though, probably, right? But this notion of they were engaged to be married. All right? But she becomes pregnant. Now, this would be a controversial thing, right? She's pregnant, but they're not married. So, Joseph is inclined, and I think this is the first time that we see the humility, the humanity of Joseph just a little bit. Because I don't know if it would have been legally acceptable to take somebody out and stone them, but at this point, this could have been made a really big show or a presentation. But Joseph instead decides he wanted to do what? Put her away secretly. Put her away secretly. And, and of course, let's not give him a ton of credit because, you know, this might have looked bad on him. He might have been thinking about his own future or what have you. But he decides to put her away secretly. Well, what happens, though, in the story? What did the angel tell Joseph? You know, don't be afraid to take her. And this is verse 20 and 21. That which is conceived in her is of whom? It's consumed of her, the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, I should have done those questions up there. It would have been hard. You're with this woman. You've never had relations, sexual relations with her. And she comes up pregnant. Yeah. That's hard. That would be a damaging blow to anybody's side. Sure. You think, I know it's not my baby. It's got to be somebody's. Right. And a lot of people be very, very angry. And I think, we, I think it would have made perfect sense for us to have thought for Joseph to be uh, uh, upset or worked up or whatever. So that's a really good question. To put her away privately would have been basically to have probably removed her from the city. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about like, it wouldn't be a prison kind of, yeah, but kind of that. Um, in, the, in the Middle Ages, uh, if this kind of thing happened, they would usually take the person who became pregnant, they'd go to a nunnery. And you just lived in it. And nuns raised orphan children. And so if you had a, a child out of wedlock, you would become a nun and you raised a, a bunch of other kids whose parents had died or whatever might have happened. I don't know that it would have been exactly that, but it's kind of a out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Does that make sense, Lucinda? Yeah, but Joseph had to have been personally selected by God. I think so. Have been that kind of man. Right. Been opposite of what most people do. Sure, sure. So he was special. 
And so in verse 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated what? God with us. Is it appropriate for us to refer to Jesus as Emmanuel? Sure. Sometimes you even see that word used as like church names, right? Sometimes you may see that as people names even today. And we don't really live in a society that uses the name Jesus as a personal name, but there are places around the world, especially Spanish folks, that's a very common name for people from Jesus, but it's spelled the exact same way. But Emmanuel, we talked last week about names of God, right? Emmanuel is an acceptable name for Jesus. All right, so let's go a little bit further then into Matthew chapter 2. Tony, can you read chapter 2, verses 1 through 12? is born. We stopped in verse 25 or at the end of chapter 1 with the birth of Jesus. We get into this. It says Jesus was born where? Who was was from Bethlehem? Do we know anybody from Bethlehem? Don't say Jesus. (laughs) David, right? David was from Bethlehem. So it's come through his uh, lineage, this whole thing that we just looked at there a moment ago. And so we see this visit of the wise men. And so in verses 1 and 2, why did these men from the east come to Jerusalem? What are they coming for? They said that they came to worship. And they come in saying, where is he who has been born what? This is the first time we see this term, king of the Jews. We see it in chapter 2 of Matthew. But that term is going to be a big problem for Jesus going forward. Why will that be a problem for Jesus at the end of Matthew? This title, King of Jews, King of the Jews. King of the Jews becomes an earthly title that people try to apply to Jesus. And the Romans, who mostly just wanted to, the, the Jewish people just to settle down and not have anything worked up, when they see King of the Jews, that's the biggest reason why they were prepared to execute. But these men come in seeking King of the Jews. What kind of king are we talking about here? King of the Jews. It's not a crown and robe and scepter sitting up high. 
It's not really a ruler in the sense that we think about a king today. The Savior. Okay, the Savior, the person that can help those people. A couple of verses later in verse 4, they went to Herod. Okay, they went to Herod. And Herod the king heard this. He's troubled. Why would Herod be troubled by this news? You serve his authority. You serve This is a potential rival to Herod. Okay, potential rival to Herod. The kings at this time in places like Israel were put in place by Rome. Now, there was some hereditary stuff, but it was mostly Rome saying, don't mess this up. You mess this up, you're out. Oh, okay. Well, here's this usurper that could come. Herod's a little bit troubled. In verse 4, and when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, I want you to look at this, where the Christ, the Christ was to be born. That word Christ, Greek word, which means Messiah or Savior. Sometimes we say the word Jesus or Jesus Christ as a descriptor. It really should be Jesus, comma, the Christ. Sometimes people interpret that or they hear that and they think Jesus Christ or Raymond Steele. First name, last name. That's not what it is. Jesus was his name. Christ was a descriptor of him. Christ, Messiah, Savior. Jesus, the Christ. Herod says, where is this Christ to be born? Herod knew the story of this idea, this notion of a Messiah potentially being talked about. Second question, or the one that's up there. What did Herod request of the wise men? Say, go go search and find him, and then come back and what? Tell him where he is. So that Herod... Could do what? I would love to go worship him. Herod just told a really big lie, didn't he? Why did Herod want to go worship? Why did Herod want to know where Jesus had been born? So he could do away with him. He wanted to kill him. He wanted to do away with Jesus. Now, did these wise men figure this out? They will here in a, a little bit. We'll see that they do sort of figure it out. Yeah, they didn't return to him. Why did they not return to him? They felt like there's a, you know, so when you're watching a movie, you're like, I don't know if I trust that guy, you know, in that scene. You can kind of see these wise men in that situation, like, I don't know if I. And they had just wandered in from the desert anyway, so they wandered out. Huh? God wanted to drink. Sure. Yeah, may have been warned, and we'll see that. Uh, we'll we'll see a little bit more about that uh, here in just a second. But it seems like Herod is setting. This is a pretty pretty good trick by Herod, though, right? Yeah. This is a pretty smart move. Like, go tell me where they are, and then I'll saunter in, and this is how it's going to work. All right, let's go a little further. Matthew chapter two, verses thirteen through fifteen. Matthew chapter two, thirteen through fifteen. Uh, Annette, you care to read that one? Child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, 
that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. All right. So, why did Mary and Joseph flee into Egypt? Safety. Safety. Who had warned them? How had they been warned here? By an angel. An angel had warned them that this is going to happen. It says, so arise and take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and stay there. We talked a little bit about Egypt and Israel and the distance way back when. But this is removing yourself from the situation. You're getting away from here all the way over to there, trying to find uh, a ways away, putting some distance there between. Because Herod might go from Lancaster to Stanford, but I don't know if he's going to go from Lancaster to like Florida, right? You're not going to maybe go that far away. That, that would be sort of the notion. You're hiding uh, away as it were. How long would they be in Egypt? I'm not necessarily looking for a specific number, but an answer from the reading. Until Herod is gone. So they said, go, don't come back until Herod is gone. Because until Herod is gone, what is Herod liable to do to this baby? Have him killed. Because Herod is king. You are king until you what? Until you're gone. And so every inch or every minute or every day or week or year that you can tack on to it, you wanted it. They stayed about two years. Yeah, exactly. And what prophecy there ends up being fulfilled? We're going to get to that, that question here in just a second. What prophecy here is fulfilled in verse 15? Out of Egypt have I called my son. We'll see that in Hosea, or you see that in Hosea chapter 11. Uh huh. Sure. Right, right. There's, these are, again, these are in a sense sort of narrative, not narrative, but synoptic type stories where they think this happened and this happened uh, and then this happened. Uh, Boo and I read a lot of similar books and um, I just finished reading a book about uh, Lafayette who may, he may help from the American Revolution. And like, there would be chapters that were 12 pages long but it covered four years. And it was one of those things that, like, when you read it, you're like, wait, that, you forget, like, there's time. It's, it's no different than right here. These biblical stories sort of, you know, they'll squeeze it all in, but it covers a long period of time. What were you going to say? I was going to say, too, the people heard those prophecies before Christ came. They said, well, he'd be born in Bethlehem, okay? But he'd be called out of Egypt. That's confusing. Okay? Yeah. Uh, but we see it as it, that's why I say, I always say, I'm thankful we live on this side of the story. Mm-hmm. We can see that. We see stuff though that's probably about today that's going to happen about the end of time, and we get confused about it. But that doesn't mean that make them any less real. Right. Now, Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 through 18. This is how Herod will respond to Mary and Joseph and Jesus going into Egypt. Uh, or, or this is why they left. But this is how he responds to the, I guess I should say, the wise men not returning and telling where uh, he was. Let's look at 16 through 18. Booty, care to read that one? Lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, 
Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be covered because they are alone. So what's Herod's follow-up? Well, first of all, how long do you think it took for Herod to realize that he had been deceived? Okay. Sure. Anybody else? It's hard to say. I think it's probably more than that because Herod says he, he puts out a, 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 a dictate to have who killed. So, under, so I'm assuming that we're going to buffer, we're going to hedge the bets a little bit. But it seems like there's been some time. If it's been a couple of weeks, you don't need a two-year-old. That, that's not. So I feel like it's kind of a longer period. You know, I said, why did the king not know it sooner? Why did the king didn't know it sooner? What's the king's job? Yeah, he, he's the king, but there's a lot of stuff going on, right? How many of you had a job where you was over quite a few people? Some things you probably should have known about a little sooner, but it didn't get to you in time, right? Some things you probably wish they never had got to you. I'd say that. But at least there's some gap here. And he says, I'll fix this by just eliminating all of these people. Now, that's a harsh measure. But do you think that's a smart measure on Herod's part? They thought he could get them all. You're the king. I'm going to take care of all of this. And we might not have to worry about it. Why was Rachel weeping for her children? Well, so many babies are going to die. Uh, Jeremiah has prophesied this, that, uh, that this would happen, you know. Uh, if one baby dying it would be terrible, uh, thousands of babies would be unbelievable. Well, Rachel was an Old Testament, too. Yep. And it was all the lineage going down, and it was, as the word goes back, Generations and you're weeping for the children. To me, Rachel here is the representation of the woman of the Jewish faith of the Old Testament. And the Jewish mother is weeping for the loss of the Jewish children. And there's a general term, but that's what we've said. Let's wrap up. Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 23, because Jesus is going to return, but this will be slightly different. Melvina, do you care to read 19 through 23? Archelaus was writing over Judea instead of his father Herod. He was afraid of God and being warned by God in the dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazareth. Okay, so what we see here is that Jesus, who was born where? Bethlehem. They end up going where? Egypt, they come back and settle where? In Nazareth. So they come back and settle in a different place. Now we'll get to that in just a second. But they come back after who had died? Herod. But when the king dies, who takes over? His son. And this is his son, question number one, right here. So his son takes over. Well, this is a iffy thing, right? Because history is full of good kings with bad sons and bad kings with good sons, and good kings with good sons, and bad kings with bad sons. Full of all of that. 
it's kind of a roll of the dice, right? I don't know what the next one is going to be like. And so when this guy becomes, he's the new king of Judea, why did Joseph then say, yeah, we'll take my family to Nazareth? He didn't trust Archelaus here. He said in verse 22, but when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, which they had been told, go back, you can go back when Herod dies, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into what region? The region he got. And so it's very interesting. I think about this word, turned aside, right here. Two words. And the entirety of Jesus' ministry, in many ways, hinges on those two words. That he turned aside and went into Galilee, and they lived in the city of Nazareth. We'll read in a later book, they say, can anything good come out of Nazareth, right? There's a negative connotation to living right there. But Jesus went and caught, and, and caught. Jesus went and gathered his first disciples on what sea? The Sea of Galilee. Jesus speaks sermons. He takes a boat out into the world. The sea. All of what Jesus did started in this one place. Because Joseph turned aside right there. Everything builds off of that. Now, we've taken you tonight from the birth of Jesus to Jesus as what we would probably call a toddler at this one. And so Jesus' life from this point forward, we'll look a little bit more at it. But we lose some of Jesus here. We'll see Jesus again when he's 12 in the temple. And then we don't see Jesus again until he's 30. And that's what we're going to look at more next week. But our knowledge of Jesus is kind of iffy at that point. But I suspect what would Jesus' life probably have been like as a small child in Nazareth? Follow his father around, doing carpentry, doing odd jobs, whatever it might would have been. All right? We also read later that Jesus had brothers, right? We get the names of brothers. It also says he had sisters, right? We don't get names of that, but sisters, plural. Jesus lived in a house, like my students and I were talking about this today in my religious history class. But Jesus lived in a house of, I'm sure, six, seven, eight, nine people. The full house. We read in the Bible that Jesus talks about being tempted the same way other people have been tempted. Do you think at any point Jesus' annoying brother ever got on his nerves when they were growing up in Nazareth? You have a brother? You have one of the sisters? You think one of the... <laughs> no, you know how that is, right? Jesus has experienced... I'm not, I'm not quoting this from any scripture because it's not there. But you can guarantee that Jesus' experience was a whole lot like a whole lot of other kids. And there were probably times when he was aggravated with people. I'd say there were times when people might have been aggravated with him. Who knows what it would have been. Well, there's no reason to think that his childhood was anything besides just normal. Exactly. Exactly. And we read often in the Bible that Mary sort of, it says Mary hid these things in her heart. This wasn't a big... Son of God lives here. You know, they have a neon light flashing out front. But that'll all come later. And people, and people start to realize that when he gets a little bit older. It wouldn't have made sense for five-year-old Jesus to have been some, you know, stood up in front of the congregation and talked. That wouldn't have made sense, right? But it kind of made sense for 12-year-old Jesus at about the time that a Jewish boy is prepared to stand up in front 
That's what we'll say. So we'll stop there and we'll look more at Jesus as a young man slash adult next week. It looks like to me that almost God gave uh, the way the Bible reads that. He gave uh, Joseph that leeway. Yeah. Uh, I think he trusted Joseph. God knew what he was going, which way he would choose. But it looks like that he said, go back, you know, he'd go back home. And instead of going right back home, he went to that. Uh, it looks like God gave him the leeway. I think he, he gives us leeway in many times in our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he knows which way you're going to choose, or I'm going to choose, or Joseph's going to choose. But he allows us to make those decisions. Right. And I think this shows that Joseph was a very wise, prudent father. He protected his family, but he also put him in an environment probably that was perfect for the world. Sure. Any other thoughts? Again, I think all of our questions were fairly easy tonight. Hopefully you got them all right. Hopefully you took a little something from it. That's the book of Matthew. Um, Next week will be the book of Mark.